Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. I'm not telling you about a cure, let's face it. I'm telling you the mechanism of action. Now, cinnamon does it. We did that study with cinnamon, cumin, sage. They all have this corrosive action, but oregano is the most powerful. Did you know you can now stream episodes of this podcast on your mobile device? All you need is my new Conspiracy Unlimited app. It's absolutely free, and it's available for both iOS and Android devices. If you're a Conspiracy Unlimited Plus member, pay attention. You can now stream premium content from your mobile device. My free Conspiracy Unlimited app for iOS and Android, available from the App Store and Google Play. Get yours today and start streaming Conspiracy Unlimited on your mobile device. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serres. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Cass Ingram, how are you, my friend? Happy New Year. Well, it's been a while, but thanks for the natural medicines. I hope you're doing a little of this, a little of that, but, and not eating sugar and garbage. And My immune system is probably better than it's ever been. I don't, I don't get so much as a cold yeah. anymore, and I just turned 57 yesterday. Oh, well, that is fantastic. And I, you're able to keep your family healthy. And we're so. all, yeah, we're all good, touch wood. We, um, yeah. My 84-year-old mother-in-law lives with us, and so we have to be vigilant because she's vulnerable, but we're all good, thank God. So good. Let's, what is a virus uh, exactly? Is it alive? Is it a living thing? No, it's a crystalline type of lattice entity that is uh, or can only foment trouble in a being. So if it's on a surface, it's not infecting the surface. It's not. In, it can infect if you're alive. It could be vegetation like the cauliflower mosaic virus, but mostly animals. And this includes pets and research animals, but it mainly includes humans. Herpes virus, right? Papilloma virus, cold sore viruses, hepatitis, Epstein Barr. And all the different pathogens, you're seeing flu, you're seeing COVID, all these are viruses. At least viruses, and then the viruses can cause bacterial infections, secondary infections, combination problems. But we often talk about a virus as if there's an intelligence there because it wants to replicate, and yet it doesn't want to kill its host because then it can no longer replicate. So what... what like, what is it made out of? What is, what is it, how does it work? Well, it has this light lipid protein coating, and there's all this genetic material inside, RNA and whatever, DNA, and 
and then it encodes itself, doesn't it, into the person's body, into their genes to become a uh, one with you in stealth. It's kind of like that, uh, but it's a lattice, crystalline lattice structure. And then the coating is a lipid-based, like phospholipids and things, which kind of makes it vulnerable if you had something that could attack that lining. But how does it do. make you sick? Is it, does it cause inflammation? Is it causing... Oh, no. What it it's works by stealth. It invades the epithelial tissues usually, whether the genital or the oral or the back of the throat or into the organs, and then it starts to, to splice into our genetics and regrows. It uses the host to, to build new viruses. And in that epithelial lining, you know what I mean? Like the skin, there's a skin cell on the mucous membranes. There's a skin cell lining on the nasal passages in the back of the throat. It'll go in there. That's where you've got to be vigilant to make sure it doesn't get in there or if there's a way to block it from getting in there. Because if you can stop that, then you're not going to get sick. You see what I mean? Right, but it, but it, so it, it replicates and it gets it invades your body. Uh, how many viruses do you have to have inside before you start um, to show symptoms? Millions. Millions. Uh, usually, and uh, see, in a centimeter of blood, you could have twenty or thirty million viruses just in a little little area. So you're not gonna, you know. 1,000 viruses can't really get the job done. So, but there are some aggressive germs that don't take that much to start to get you sick, but that's the issue. If you let them uh, duplicate or replicate and you get these millions of viruses all over your body or billions, then you get sick. It's that simple. Can you do anything to stop them? That's, that's the thing we're not talking about. Right, right. We hear about T cells. What are what are T cells? Well, oh, the T cells are antiviral, anti-cancer, so they're going to uh, be activated by the threat of a virus to produce a certain kind of immune response to neutralize that. Now, some of these viruses are pretty pretty wily. They'll go inside a T cell or a B cell. The B cells make the antibodies. You need them too, and they'll infect them and start duplicating themselves inside our white cells. And you'll see in these people who have viral infections, chronic viral infections, the white cell count will go way down un under normal. And those are usually from infected white blood cells, T cells and more, from the viruses, inside your cells, inside your immune cells. So that shows you how treacherous viruses are. Why is it that, that certain viruses like a cold virus is so difficult or impossible it seems to to cure you can't cure it you can you can maybe shorten its duration or you can lessen its symptoms with certain things but you why there can't... aren't any yeah you're right there aren't any chemicals or drugs that seem to work on a cold or flu virus partly because of this problem where they splice in with your human cells and they become like stealth agents inside the tissues, inside the cells. And you have to get in there with something that could dissolve them or root them out. And there's really not a lot of medication that is antiviral. 
So, you know, and they just take their course until the immune system and the body kind of re, re, recovers you from from the attack. Uh, but that's just no fun. Every year, head, head cold or two, virus or two, fluish or two. Uh, this is just uh, a stealth, the stealth pathogen's nature. How do they mutate? And, yeah, well, it'll mutate to survive uh, when it's challenged with certain drugs, certain chemicals, uh, it, or just somehow it'll change up a little bit to create a more aggressive infection. Let's say that for some reason it weakens over time and then it'll mutate so that it's easier for it to infect a human, to infect a, an animal. Uh, it's easier for it to get its host. But I, 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 know, I not worry about mutation because what I would recommend, this antiviral is good for mutated or non-mutated, you know, natural medicine. Why can we develop immunity to certain viruses but not others? So if you get a virus, or is that even true? If you get a virus, certain viruses once and, you, and your T cells stave it off, yeah. does that mean you're immune no, for that? No, there, there's some of that because sometimes you'll get the flu and it'll cause enough B cells, enough T cell immunity that you don't get it that year. You got to wait till next year, right? Different strain, different situation. But look at the cold sores or general herpes or, or you know, general warts or, or wart, the wart virus. How are you going to get immune to that? It'll just attack you, right? And, uh, uh, or is there, what, there's 50 to 100, 200 uh, cold viruses, yes. coronaviruses, so different viruses, rhinovirus. How are you going to, you can't. You have to have some other method besides the immune system to fight this stuff off. So, oregano oil as an antiviral, tell me about the, the studies, the research. Well, there is pretty good research on, on some of this stuff. Uh, oregano oil has the best where it was tested at, by myself uh, at uh, microbiotest and where we destroyed three different germs, the human coronavirus, the flu virus, influenza A, and the bird flu. Bird flu is a, a problem. It's 60% fatal. The fact that we were able to do anything, this is in vitro. Come on, we didn't do an in vivo. I mean, that would be uh, you know, $500,000 or something. And, uh, but in, in, in the cell culture, it cleaned them up. Bird flu uh, was the toughest influenza day than coronavirus. They were all succumbed. Now, the norovirus is a tough one, and it infects people on cruise ships and more. Investigators got a complete destruction of that and confirmed it by electron microscopy with oregano oil. Siddiqui and his group, under an electron microscope, were able to see three, four different viruses, I think some cold viruses, some herpes viruses. All of them were disintegrated. You see, the oregano is what we call an escharotic agent. That means it's corrosive. <laughs> Anybody takes it under the tongue. Now, you've got to make sure you, you get the good stuff, the wild oregano that's really from the mountains and it's not standardized or 90% carbocol or some phony thing. Uh, and anyway, so you put that uh, in, uh, in there and it, and it disintegrates that lipid coating of the virus. It doesn't care what kind you've got. Well, you mentioned the mountain variety because when you get up into the mountains, 
uh, in Greece, and I've been up there. It's it's rocky, and you an oregano, oh, yeah. an oregano will grow right out of a rock. Yeah. It, is that why? Because it's corrosive. It's corrosive. Yes. Now that's a good point because it's breaking that rock down to make enough soil to survive. So that may be something, but. It's just one of those things that of all the plants, all the plant oils, whether you look at eucalyptus, whether you look at uh, sage, whether you look at rosemary or lavender or now oregano, it is the most corrosive. And it must be. It's the only thing that will grow at that elevation on those rocks. Uh, And uh, so what do we know about it? So if you have spikes or if you have attachment areas, if you have protein receptors on a virus, it's corrosive to those. Well, does it mean it's not going to kill you if you get a good grade of this high mountain wild oregano from the mountain people? You're not going to die from an oregano overdose if you get good stuff. Nobody has yet, so you don't have to worry about corroding yourself. Right. But if you have a bacteria or a virus or something or a a candida or a yeast, you'd want something with some guts. It had a little strength to it. You know? So is that what it does? It, 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 I think of these viruses almost like a key. What you mentioned these spikes and the receptors so that it, the, you know, the key sits, sticks into the cell yes. and it unlocks it. So that the corrosiveness of these herbs and spices, it's almost like you're, you're taking a file to a key. Yes, good way. That's the thing. You, if, you, if they can't infect you because you've dissolved out quite a lot of that lipid coat, then you're better off because you know, maybe instead of 5 million viruses infecting you, get you know, a, a thousand or something. You've pretty much knocked them down. I'm not telling you about a cure, let's, let's face it. I'm telling you the mechanism of action of these. Now, cinnamon does it. We did that study with cinnamon, cumin, sage. They all have this corrosive action, but oregano is the most powerful. Now, someone did a study with oregano oil, and they, their intention was to actually uh, debunk it. Tell me yeah. about that. Well, I was on the radio a lot back in the 90s, and I introduced oregano oil. You know, you've got several brands in Canada. All of that's because I, I was educating people. So I wrote the cures in the cupboard, and somebody got mad. They went to the FDA and they said, this stuff is a fraud, T- test it. So they took wild oregano oil in an olive oil base, and they said they put it in a Petri dish, and they told the, the lab tech, do the test. Came back, it was effective against all the germs. It killed them all. And the, the researcher, F. Andron, said, look, come on, redo the test. You screwed up. You must have had chlorine in the water. Use distilled water. Killed everything the next second time. He went back to the lab the third time, fourth time, killed everything. All the germs they tested against the oregano, wiped them all out. So they just gave up and, and said, all right, we'll spend a half a million dollars of taxpayer money to, to do our research. And they came up with the conclusion that oregano was an effective germicide. It killed nine deadly pathogens, and they wanted to put a patent on it. Honest to God, they published it in the Journal of Food Protection. They said we should patent it. <laughs> And then they, they, I, I, they called me up before they did the study. Ah, we want oregano oil. Give us some. Send us some. You know, so I, I did. And then didn't they end up, based on that study, uh, 
using oregano oil in a in a different form to package certain foods yes, to prevent spoilage? They made, they made uh, through the USDA. They put patents on an oregano cinnamon oil based biofilm that you package luncheon meats in so the luncheon meats don't have listeria or salmonella but that wasn't very nice call me up get the product go around the back instead of i'm the expert in this oregano i could tell them help them out no way they didn't do it now you know here's something interesting they took tuna fish i think this is what finally convinced the researcher you know raw tuna fish goes bad in two or three days you Mm -hmm. gotta cook it so they took it and, and put the, I'm sure they used the P73 because it was based on my work. And they put that in there. And three months later, you could still eat the tuna fish. Wow. <laughs> wow. So you've got to take a look at this, people. I'm not telling you to defy your medical system. The medical system does what it does. It's got to have it. But you have an independent mind, and you could, on your own, listen to this and start investigating. You could go to my blog. I don't sell any oregano oil on the blog. So you've got an independent resource there in the sense that you could study the videos, study the, the research, study the, uh, the data, the articles, and make up your own mind. So what are you doing at Georgetown University with this uh, study, with these studies? Well, right now... Two top people and I are looking at doing a large blinded study with a thousand or two thousand or five thousand people and giving them a, a specific formula of oil of oregano, cumin, sage, and cinnamon. We tested these at Georgetown. We know how good they are. We dry them to a dust encapsulated and an EPA, potential EPA approved spray of oregano, clove bud, and I think cumin maybe, or I don't know, oregano and cumin or something, or cinnamon. So that spray has been shown so far to kill 99.99% of anything and everything on surfaces. They're continuing that work. So these investigators wish to take it and the study, prove it, and then take it to the major journals. The point is they want to prove that using the oregano, these spices, helps people with their health doesn't have to be a, a it might be a virus but it could be stupid diabetes or heart disease or high cholesterol or skin trouble or psoriasis or fungus they're going to look at everything you know which i think is a good way to do it so finally in other words what you're saying is you're getting beyond the in vitro studies you're now doing a human study that is correct that's correct no more animal no more in vitro strictly human you know i've already done two human trials on the current pandemics that are going around and and then now we want to do it in general on everybody sick or non-sick uh strictly human i don't want to do any more animal Um, it must be frustrating because you've been i mean anecdotally you have you know countless uh cases we were talking off the air about you know and and i can attest to this rubbing oregano oil on my He's 14 now, my one little guy, my twin boys. But when he was maybe two, he had what sounded like a, uh, a whooping cough in yeah. the night. And uh, I, I rubbed the oregano oil up and down his spine, and the next day it was gone. Uh, wow. I, mean, wow, wow, wow. I mean, you have thousands and thousands of those anecdotally. It is frustrating. Honest to God, when I see people sickened, 
And we don't have a national knowledge, whether Canada or the United States, that look, all right, you're sick, you're going to the hospital, they've got a ventilator for you, but they're going to tell you, you know, oregano oil in a super strength form, oregano-based spray with some bay leaf, these would be good things for you to go home with and give it a go or whatever. Maybe it would be lavender essence. I don't care. They would at least tell you, we don't want to see you until you're dying, because that's what one of my hospitals here is doing. If you're on your deathbed, come back. But that, why don't you tell them to do something when they go home? Chicken soup with lots of garlic. It's, it is effective. Come on. Huh. Right. Take five onions, cut them in quarters, and lay them all around your house. The fumes are good. Really? Oh, yes. Just... All that fumes that you, makes your eyes, those, that's yeah. the antiviral fumes. Oh, interesting. It... Yeah, there's so much of that in a house, and you don't even know it. You could boil the garlic and onion on a stove if you wanted to and fumigate everything. You don't have to do the oregano oil. You know, not everybody can go to the mountains. Well, now it's available in the stores and so on, but, yeah. I had no idea that just the fumes from the onion. Now, here's something interesting. I don't know if you're uh, aware of this, Cass, but I don't know if these are GMO onions, but now you can buy onions. They're, you know, like No More Tear Shampoo. They're No More oh God. No more Tear Onions. Have you seen uh, those? Well, I, I wouldn't think that that's the therapeutic, but I guess it's okay for the kitchen, not for the, not for the pandemic rages going around, but, uh, or anything, flu. You need the hottest yellow onion, honestly. It's not white, not red, yellow. And the best stout garlic you can get your hands on. Hmm. You mentioned sage, and I know our Native American and Native Canadian uh, friends, some of them will, will burn sage uh, in their in various uh, you know religious rituals. Yes. They, smudging, I guess they call it. Yes, smudging. It would be good, but you know, the best sage is the essential oil-rich kind, and that's not found in America. That's the, the type from the Mediterranean. So the essence of sage... 12-ounce bottle, the oil of sage, sage and all, that's strictly from the mountains at a little bit lower elevation. So you're going to get better efficacy from that. But if you have some sage uh, balls and you want to burn them, burn them up. Yeah. Can you get it in incense form? You can get sage incense. You can burn You should be burning incense, uh, everything. That, the diffuser. The diffuser, you can do essential oils. I like to use oregano juice. I like to use something liquid that smokes. Uh, a, a sage juice. I'll put in some rose essence. Then the light bulbs. Remember, they used to make those things. They yes. ring around the light bulb. Yeah, you put a few but drops. You could put the oregano oil right on the top of the light bulb and let the let it burn it off. Oh, that's interesting. You know? Now, this time of year, it gets dry, so we bring uh, the humidifier up from the basement. And um, uh, it's well, not a, a humidifier. It's a vaporizer. Yeah. Well, could you you could put some essential oil-based material in that and fumigate the house? Interesting. The situation is the cribriform plate. Once these viruses get into the nasopharynx, the back of the throat, or the cribriform plate, which is right by the brain, they duplicate themselves. They replicate. So if by the essential oil therapy, by the aromatherapy, by the diffusion therapy, by the burning therapy, then you, you, you inhale uh, clean, nice stuff against the nasty, vile material. 
you got to remember that China lost nearly 400 million pigs from coronavirus, including bat source human uh, COVID-19 type viruses. So there's a plague going around in the animal kingdom, too. Right. Uh, with the different viruses and all these industrial animals. So we don't know if the next time something's going to happen, right? Some crazy infection, newfangled thing comes out of these industrial farms, and we get one disaster on top of another one. Uh, so it's it's filth versus cleanliness, that's all. So people are you know, wearing the masks, and we won't get into the efficacy of whether they work, they don't work. You know, we, we wear them because these are the protocols that we're supposed to follow. Um, but what about if you're wearing a mask, putting... You should still follow these protocols because the mask collects germs, right? Right. So I was just going to so, say, putting, the, the, drops, put, putting huh? the drops inside the mask. Oh, no, that would be good. If you took the drops, put them on the outside or the inside, maybe this is the spray, the spray with the oregano and the bay leaf that similar one is being looked at by the EPA. You spray the mask. Maybe you don't want to throw your mask away. You want to re you, you spray it and let that sit overnight. Now the mask becomes an effective fumigation device because the viruses can penetrate the mask. Right, right. So it'd be better to to go ahead and fumigate it than just to wear a barrier. That's not clear. Not, I just talked to a church. Forty people got COVID nineteen, which is the current plague. And of those forty, I think almost all of them were wearing a mask. So it somehow entered the system anyway. Yeah. Right. Right. So, talk to me about topical application of. Uh, oregano or any of these other uh, herbs or spices? The feet have two hundreds of pores. The shins are right by the lymphatics, and that's the big bone with the bone marrow. The thighs, bone marrow. The spine, bone marrow. To stimulate the lymphatics and the bone marrow simultaneously by rubbing a rubbing-type oil on. That could... See, essential oil won't do it because essential oil is too... It has to be in a, in a, like a, a fatty base, like almond oil or um, the common thing is olive oil, extra virgin olive oil. Fatty base, and then you use it as a rub, right? And then it'll get into the system. You know, the guy with the influenza, who I, we rubbed him down. I didn't. His wife did his feet and his shins t- twice a day. He got off the respirator two days later and went and watched the Super Bowl in his hospital bed with his dad. This was in February of this year. And uh, so he's still cooking. Uh, That's that, right? That's why we're doing the big clinical trial because none of the world wants to look, wants to look under the, under the stone at at the, the obvious. Right, right. And I mean, because you, you have so much anecdotal for you, this, this, I'm, I'm guessing you're quite confident that this this human trial is going to be successful. It will be. Right. It will be mo- monumentally successful, and uh, then the positive press will at least enlighten uh, uh, the public about some, some options. Right now, the therapeutics used for germ infections and different crises that, the crises that are afflicting the human race are not very effective. So we need something that uh, that people can you know go buy and use and 
that won't cause them any side effects. It's going to be from the natural kingdom, really. And I can give you the list. The oregano oil, cinnamon oil uh, in an olive oil base, the combination of oregano, cinnamon, cumin, and sage, the multiple spice oil is a really extremely powerful, effective synergy there. Raw honey, some good quality raw honey where the bees are treated right. uh, Unpasteurized. Unpasteurized. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be raw. And then your black seed oil is an up-and-coming hero, and that was used in a Pakistani clinical trial. It was effective against viral diseases, more so than hydroxychloroquine and any of these other drugs. So these are just just off the top of the list, onions, garlic, that we could be uh, taking advantage of. Nobody's going to say anything. The doctor can't say, well, okay, do it if it makes you feel good. He's not going to want to see you anyway, he or she. So do something for yourself. And if you see the physician, you have to see him. But uh, not under this crisis, constant crisis, that you're going to die any minute. What about do something ca- for you. What about cayenne pepper? Well, cayenne pepper is different. It's more for the microcirculation. It's not that good of a germicide. But it helps us by increasing blood flow to any tissue. So there's a value in it. But no, I mean, I'm not going to go into COVID land USA or, or flu land USA or some crisis zone with, with uh, cayenne and with turmeric because they're not germicides. I'm not going in with basil. You've got to know which spices kill germs if you've got a virus, right? So, so when you go into, a, into a, a health food store, what do you, and you want to get some of these essential fatty-based oils, let's say, uh, because you want to do a topical uh, or you want to aerosolize it. How, I mean, what do you ask for? Well, you can buy essential oils for just putting in a diffuser. But for topical use, you would, you would say, look, do you have any of this super strength wild oregano oil? That's uh, the famous brand that's been around and around. We use the P73. Come on, let's just... Uh, and we know how good it is. We, and that's, that's for rubbing the feet, the shins, the thighs, the back of the throat, and for internal consumption. You then say, well, where's that juice of oregano? I want to drink an ounce a day, keep my lungs in good shape. Nothing wrong with that. Where's your black seed oil? I want the best kind uh, for, for the bronchodilator. But no, if you want to get, you want to dabble in a little sandalwood, a little eucalyptus, a little this, a little lavender, and put it in a diffuser, you can do that. But you have to make sure you get high quality, like organic or wild or something, to get some efficacy out of it. You don't want the chemical essential oils that somebody's you know, selling you for five ninety nine, and it's all a fraud. You've got to just shop right, you know. But... Uh, the COVID-19 yeah, remedy, uh, how do we get a copy? That book, that's on electronic, on kazingram.com, and only really on kazingram.com, the hard copy or the electronic. Fantastic. Uh, and all of your other books, your, how many? How Same many, thing. Kazingram.com. Uh, 30 now? 30. I just wrote this book on how to detoxify a forced vaccination. Let's just say that... You're somebody and you think, oh, I didn't really want to get the vaccine. I was kind of storming around doing okay. But somebody said, you have to get one or you can't go into this room. or I don't know. Right. You can't go into the room. Uh, so you say, well, all right, I'll take it. And you're under some stress and all of a sudden you react, whether it's mental or true. Oh, and your body just goes, 
cuckoo and you got you need some help well that's what that book's for how how you could clean that out of your system the best way you can CassIngram.com. It all did it all start with cures in the cupboard or who, who needs it all headaches? started really with that the oregano oil and the cures in the cupboard the old oregamax we still both of us still take this stuff yes yes and uh, yeah, that's where it started and that's where it will continue is the oregano is the king all right CassIngram.com. Cass we'll talk again soon thank you so much okay bye bye a new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting. <laughs>